Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. Uh, this week's sermon uh, here at Urban Village, we have every once in a while, when we're not doing a sermon series, we have what we call freebies. So every site kind of does their own thing. And that's particularly true, I think, for this Sunday at our church, um, two of our well, one of our sites, UVC South Loop, which I noted in my last podcast, is uh, where I had been serving. Uh, they have their new site pastor today, Reverend Chan Choi. So he'll be preaching on a text on his own call, and I'll be preaching at the place where I will be, at least for the next few months, River Forest United Methodist Church, as we explore what it would look like for that church to become part of Urban Village. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. So I'll be preaching there. And we'll be preaching on from the Gospel of Mark. So let me read that text. This comes from Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. So several years ago, I was, uh, we were in Fort Wayne, Indiana for Thanksgiving. Um, For many years, we would go back and forth with our families. We still do that, go back and forth every Thanksgiving. So one Thanksgiving would be with my family and the next Thanksgiving would be with my wife's and for, for many years, they would celebrate with uh, my wife's aunt and uncle in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And they live in this really beautiful home with lots of land around them. And in the back of their home, in this acreage, is this creek. Now, some creeks are just really small little rivulets of water you can easily jump over. But this creek is uh, pretty good size. And so it, you can't just leap over it. And so, of course, that was a place that is a place where kids love to go and explore. So in this particular Thanksgiving, it was uh, somewhat mild, and so many of the kids went to this creek. And in this creek, there was this little, uh, almost island in the middle of it. And so I took my kids back to this creek, and there on this little island were some of their cousins. My uh, children have lots of cousins on my wife's side of the family, and so they were there, uh, the cousins were playing, and of course, as you might imagine, my kids were looking at this uh, island somewhat longingly, wanting to see how can we get from this side of the creek where they were with their dad, which was, you know, dad's okay, but may not be quite as fun as playing with kids their own age with their cousins. So how do we get from this side, from where we were, to the other side, which is where all the action was and all the fun was being had? We couldn't wade through the water. The water was too cold and a little too deep. Uh, But we did notice that there was this really big tree that I don't know if anybody had done this on their own or if it had just happened to fall over on its own. But this tree 
had fallen across the creek so that you could walk across the tree in order to get to the other side. But this tree wasn't terribly easy. It still required a little bit of balance on how you're going to get from one side to the other. And at the time, I think my kids were probably around oh, nine or ten, my daughter was, and my son was maybe four or five or so. And so we had that dilemma. The kids had a dilemma. How do we get from one side, one side to the other? Would they risk it, go across this tree, or would they just kind of play it safe and watch all of the action happening from afar? This passage from Mark is a great text, and like many who read this story, I certainly focus on what's going on in the midst of the storm uh, and the amazing miracle here of Jesus calming the storm. But uh, as I've read this through this passage over the last few years, it is, it is the beginning of the story that now catches my attention even more so than kind of the core of what the story says. The beginning of this passage again says, on that day, When evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. Now, in this one verse, I started envisioning and imagining. Many of you know I'm a firm believer in using your imagination when reading the scriptures. I started envisioning the disciples starting to debate among themselves. Maybe one of them makes a to-do list of, all right, pros and cons. What should we do here? Jesus is saying, let's go to the other side. Some of us are thinking, you know what, it it might be a better idea just to stay where we are. So maybe if you're going to drop the pros and cons list, there's a lot of pros here. I can imagine one of the disciples with the pros. First, number one pro is that staying where we are is what we know. Scholars believe that they were on the west side of the Sea of Galilee. This was predominantly a Jewish area. So they know the customs, they know the people. This is their comfort zone. It makes all the sense in the world for them to stay where they're comfortable, to stay with what you know. So number one, pro. Number two, pro, we've been successful. If you go back and read through earlier in the Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter, we see that Jesus is drawing a crowd. Verse Uh, Chapter 4, verse 1 says, Again, we began to teach beside the sea. Such a very large crowd gathered around him. And again, in verse 36, they leave the crowd behind. Jesus is drawing a crowd. Why would you leave when you're just beginning to get successful? So, number one, it's what we know. Number two, we're successful. Reason number three Now, the scripture doesn't say this, but maybe there was a change in the atmosphere, or maybe the disciples saw lightning in the distance, or clouds, or the wind started to pick up. Now, we know that some of the disciples were fishermen, so we have to believe they kind of had a sense about weather and weather changing. So, no doubt, some of them thought, you know what, I think there's a storm coming. This is not a great idea to get in a boat and go across the water when there is a storm coming. So, three excellent reasons for staying put. It's what we know, we're successful, and there could very well be a storm coming. Why would we go across the sea to be with Gentiles, to be with people that we don't know, with no idea 
if we're going to have any success? And furthermore, why would we go and get wet and blown around? Who in their right mind would do something like that? Well, Jesus, of course. Jesus, maybe if they had that pros and cons list, maybe he just kind of sighs and folds it up and sets it aside. Maybe it angers Jesus a little bit. Maybe he tears it up. Instead, he says, no, let us go across to the other side. Going to the other side, of course, is not easy. We read, the windstorm comes up, waves beat into the boat. The disciples are chastised for having no faith. They can't quite get a handle on who this man is who actually sleeps through storms, who quiets waves. And then when they do get to the other side, they're immediately greeted by this. Now, this is chapter 5, verse 2. And when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. So they don't even get a reprieve once they hit land. Already, Jesus is being put into ministry, and the disciples will be put to a test. Going to the other side, going to the unknown, is not easy. Many of you, I'm sure, on Thursday went to Fourth of July parades. We always enjoy Fourth of July parades. Um, Sometimes we've been up in Michigan staying uh, with that same aunt and uncle, they also have a home up in on the shores of Lake Michigan. And so there's a town nearby called Ludington, Michigan. They have this really wonderful 4th of July parade. We've gone for many years. This year, for the last couple of years, we've been in northwest Indiana for the 4th of July. And so this year we went to LaPorte, Indiana, and they also have a really long parade. And so I enjoy seeing all of the different uh, floats and marching bands and even the political candidates who are shaking hands, all of the different things that makes up the 4th of July parade. It's kind of nice just to sit back and, and watch everything that is happening. And sometimes, especially earlier in my life, I've said before that I'm kind of both an introvert and an extrovert. Sometimes it's called an ambivert. And so there are times where I don't mind being out and meeting people, but there are also times where I'm more introverted and just kind of want to stay to myself and just watch things from afar. And watching a parade for a lot of my life was kind of one of those things. But in recent years, I have, in a sense, gone from the one side of the parade, that is being a spectator and watching everybody go by, to being in the parade itself. And that hasn't always been easy for me at first. And I'm talking about when at Urban Village, we have walked in the pride parade that happens every June in Chicago. It's this unbelievable spectacle of so many people walking, affirming uh, pride for our LGBTQ friends. And so I have walked in that parade many times, and it, especially the first year or two, it wasn't always easy. Because when you're walking along, now the people are watching you. And it can be a little disconcerting. And you're handing out we handed out at Urban Ministry, hand out flyers telling people about the church and reminding them of God's love. And a lot of people along the route don't believe that. Some of them look at you a little funny. Some of them maybe even a little angry because of the negative experiences perhaps they've had of church. So when I first walked in this parade, my thinking was, I'm not sure I made the right decision to go from spectator to participant in doing this. But over the years, I've come to enjoy it very much. And the energy you get in letting people know of God's love is pretty amazing. 
And I think I've gone through this in my own career, too, as a pastor. When I talk about this sermon, I'll be, in a sense, introducing myself to the people at River Forest United Methodist, and so I'll be sharing a little bit of my own story. But I started off as Pastor Riverside United Methodist Church, which is not far from River Forest United Methodist, and then moved to Christ United Methodist in Deerfield. Both of these first two churches had really lovely buildings and a nice size office for the pastor. And so I knew it was important to get out in the community and start trying to do that too. But still, there are times when there's a real pull to be in the office and take care of office things and to be in my study and do studying in my study and meet with people in in my office. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Lots of pastors do it. So, But it was a bit of a change. When we started Urban Village 10 years ago, we had no building and I had no office other than this little office at my home. We were, in a sense, forced to go from spectator to participant, to really be out, really be out in the community, in a sense, to kind of go to the other side. And again, this wasn't always easy. The introverted part of myself wasn't so sure about starting up conversations with strangers and reaching out to people I didn't know to, to meet up with them. But we needed to do it in order to start this church. And it has totally transformed my ministry to go from one who kind of liked to watch from afar to actually be in the middle of it and participating. Sometimes God calls us to go to the other side, to go from what is comfortable and safe to go to the unknown. And that forces us to have faith. It forces us to really get a sense of what God might be calling us to do. As I talked to the folks at River Forest this Sunday, I, I think there are probably at least some people who are wondering, what, what's going on here? What is in store for us? This is brand new for both Urban Village and for River Forest. We're exploring and what would it mean for them to become part of Urban Village? And there is a lot of unknown in that. And in some ways, there is safety or the temptation to be safe and just do what a lot of churches do. And that is to say, you know, what? if we just hang on, things will turn around. If we just keep doing what we're doing, someday people will come. So I give the people of River Forest credit for even taking that first step into the boat and saying, we're going to try this. Not a lot of churches would do that. So I respect them very much. And I also am grateful that Urban Village also is kind of wondering, like, I'm not sure what this means, but we're going to try it. We're going to get into the boat and see where it takes us. I know a lot of people will be wanting answers to questions. And I, too, want some answers about what this will look like. There's a lot of unknown. I'll be having a lot of individual meetings with folks at River Force to hear their stories, get a sense of what are their fears, what are their questions. I'll do my best to answer them and also begin to share what my vision is for what this could be. But as what I'm asking for them and for all of us in our own faith lives is to have take that first step of faith and actually get into the boat and start to row and see where it takes you. And just doing that can be a huge achievement especially when you sense that maybe there's a windstorm coming up, especially when you might feel like you're leaving something comfortable and safe, maybe even when you've had some success, why would you risk this in order to take this chance? Well, as followers of Jesus, we do so because Jesus says we should. Let us go to the other side. And I don't think Jesus just means this one instance. I think Jesus continued to call the disciples disciples 
and challenge them in that way. I think Jesus does the same for us in our own lives. Where are you being led to go to the other side, to take that risk, to stretch yourself in some way? And everybody, it will look different. But I think that is Jesus' gentle but persistent call on our lives. Let us go to the other side. So, as my children were standing there wondering what to do, how do we go from where we are to where the action is and where all our cousins are in that island? Well, they both decided to do it their own way. My daughter decided to go across this tree, a little bit precarious, so I can understand why she was nervous. She essentially got and went across like a caterpillar. She got down on her stomach, hugged the tree, and just kind of inched along bit by bit. It took her a while, but she eventually got there. My son wanted to go across, but he said he wanted to go with me and hold my hand as we both went across together. They both had their own unique way of getting there, but they both knew they wanted to go somewhere different. They wanted to go to the other side. Each of us will have our own way of getting there. However you do that, I invite you to listen to Jesus' call and Jesus' promise and to Jesus' invitation to go to the other side. And whether you need to go very slowly or whether you need to have a sense of someone bigger, more powerful than us, is with us, holding our hands, guiding us along. Friends, let us do just that together. I'm excited to see what God has in store for us. I'm looking forward to getting into that boat and going forward in the midst of the storms, but knowing that we are in the presence of one who will never leave us. And that's a promise that I affirm and hold to and know that we can count on. Amen. Friends, thank you for listening to this podcast. This will be an interesting uh, few months ahead of us as uh, I share and express these sermons in a new kind of context. So um, bear with us as we try these new things. As always, you can reach out to me, Christian at urbanvillagechurch.org, or you can go to my website, christiancoon.com, and send me a message there, and also listen to my other podcast, my Failing Boldly podcast, and uh, check out my blog, too. And so, uh, until the next time we're together, friends, may the peace of Christ be with you.